Hi, this is Josh Jackson from WRTI. Dangerous Sounds is supported by Jazz Denmark, the Danish Ministry of Culture, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Danish Arts Foundation, the Augustinus Foundation, and the members of WRTI. The following episode of Dangerous Sounds contains descriptions of illegal drug use and language that some listeners may find objectionable. The afternoon sun shines down on Pusher Street in Copenhagen's Christiana Commune. It's late summer and the steady foot traffic of seasonal tourists has finally started to thin out. Whether they're only in Copenhagen for an afternoon or a whole week, a stroll down Pusher Street is mandatory. Travelers from all over the world make time to stretch their legs and take in the scene on the uneven cobblestone streets. Phones and cameras are forbidden here, so visitors walk slowly, taking mental pictures of everything on their obligatory outings. Thick plumes of hash smoke envelop everyone and everything in the area. The dealers sit on stools behind makeshift stands along both sides of the wobbly stone alleys. Shifty, beady eyes stare out from undercaps, while scarves and ski masks hide the identities of servers as they supply customers and keep watch for potential trouble. Aggressive rap music pumps from boom boxes scattered between the stands. But at one booth, heavy hip hop is replaced by another sound. Cascades of wild free jazz alto saxophone fills the air on one corner. And it's clear that this is more than just background music for the dealer closest to the man spitting fire through his horn. Luther Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Luther Thomas. American jazz legend, he shouts as he bags chunks of dark sticky dope for passers-by. Welcome to the eighth and final episode of Dangerous Sounds. In this episode, we'll visit two very important places in Danish jazz history, Christiania's Jazz Club and the Monday Club. Two places of extreme experimentation. We'll begin at Christiania's Jazz Club, a small club in a commune in the middle of Copenhagen that shakes up the Danish jazz scene in the late 90s, beginning of the 2000s. Wild experiments and performances with international icons take place at the humble stage there. You'll meet one such legend I'm loving it, man. who helped bring the attention of audiences to the club you, man. as well as he raised the level of playing there with each solo he played. Luther Thomas loves you. At Christiania's Jazz Club, there are no such objections, dogmas or rules about what can or should be played. It's up to whoever's on stage and the sound coming from the instruments to set the course and it was life and career altering for an entire generation of Danish jazz musicians. 
who had a place to present and push the boundaries of their music. So, let's get started. The Christiania Commune, or Freetown as they call it themselves, is the only of its kind in Denmark, and actually in the whole world. Its story begins in 1971, when a group of hippies invades and occupied an abandoned military area in the middle of Copenhagen and moves into its empty barracks. Very much on brand for that time, the group sets out on an experiment to create a new society carried by the current ideals of freedom, equality, love, and copious amounts of hash. Their experiment gets a lot of attention, and since the very beginning has been in perpetual conflict with law enforcement and politicians, most often due to the open cannabis trade on what would quickly become Denmark's most famous and infamous street, the aptly named Pusher Street. Almost unbelievably, the experiment in the area, dubbed Christiania, was allowed to continue. The open-mindedness baked into its DNA, combined with providing a safe haven to pot smokers and pushers, made it an instant hit and magnet for all sorts of free thinkers and weirdos, including jazz musicians. Two of them are René Kledorf and Jess Harpsø, the fathers of Christiania's jazz club. René and Jess first met in the 1990s in a band known as the Christiania Horn Orchestra. René had just acquired a double bass and was getting to know the instrument as part of the band. I thought I would make some friends and I was right. The Horn Orchestra also has a singer. Yes. I'm the Frank Sinatra of Christiania. Sounds great. I can really sing a song, right? My dad taught me some songs. He was known as Benny the Sailor. There's also a third member of the Horn Orchestra and he will complete the lineup and original team behind the rise of the jazz club. His name is Jens Block, and he is the spiritual guru for the venue. Jazz is in the here and now. It's how you experience yourself and how you can listen to it. Without our guru and jazz man, Jens Block, there simply wouldn't be a jazz club in Christiania. He was hanging out at the legendary Montmartre Jazz Club back in the day, where he followed Dexter Gordon and Stan Getz home. He was really in with them. He played baritone saxophone. Terribly. It sounded awful. And he knew it. But he had fun. Sometimes he couldn't even get a sound out of it. Dexter Gordon stole Jens' wife and took his one son to America. He became spiritual after that. It was such a terrible tragedy when his place blew up. Damn it. 
Det var en stor chok for os, da han sprang i luften i sin skurvogn og døde af det. Altså, det er for Christiania Jazz Club's pioneer and guru passes away in a tragic accident involving a lethal cocktail of kerosene and gas. Jens's shack blew up with him inside. Det var et chok for mig. It was a shock to me. We miss him every day. But for now in our story, he's alive and well, and the driving force behind the most important Danish jazz club during the first decade of the 21st century. René, Jess and Jens, along with a bunch of other musicians, play together in Christiania's Horn Orchestra. They're on the hunt for a place to rehearse, and one day René sneaks into Christiania's children's theater, which isn't particularly active as a theater at that time. Eventually, the Horn Orchestra dissolves, but a few former members begin meeting for a regular jam session, which then becomes a jazz club. We first opened in 1999, and were open every Wednesday in the beginning. Rumors of a new jazz club in town begin to circulate. I personally remember sitting on stage at another jazz club in Copenhagen and being approached by Jess, Jens and René, who were bordering on over-enthusiastic and wanted us to come down to the new club and play and party with them. It was kind of tricky coming from Christiania and trying to get people to take us seriously. The small jazz club is packed to capacity. Pungent smoke from cone-shaped joints circulates around the room, marinating the audience, which is equal parts stoned and giddy. The house band kicks things off. The audience, the smoke, and the musicians all blend in symbiotic unity. Two jugglers have strung a line of rope between beams above the audience. Before the trumpet player gets through the first theme, one of the jugglers appears on the tightrope over the heads of the awestruck listeners and proceeds to tremble across it. There's no other jazz club in the world like this. It's another one of those nights, one for the books, that each and every set of eyes and ears in the audience won't soon forget. A new face appears on the humble, foot-high stage and hushed whispers around the room elevate into an audible rumble. No way, it's him. To spend a whole night at the children's theater and jazz club in Christiana is like surviving a great odyssey. In the course of the evening, you can be bewildered by beauty, tempted by tempests, and manipulated by magic and music.
As the first rays of sunlight begin to warm the cobblestones on Pusher Street, the ecstatic, exhausted surviving voyagers once again find their land legs and stumble out the door to meet the morning. They don't yet know what flashes of their exploits will remain with them from the previous night's adventures, which sights and sounds will survive the inevitable impending hangover. But they know that what they heard and saw could only ever be experienced at this place. Jazz Club has only been opened for a matter of weeks before a very special person arrives. Luther Thomas over here in Copenhagen, man, you know. Hey, the white folks haven't hurt me yet, man. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm, my heart is still beating, man. I'm loving it, man. I'm loving it. Dan first Coppen. When he first came, he had hair like George Clinton. A giant afro in all sorts of different colors. Today, you might think he was a rapper. And beautiful teeth. They were so fake. He was just so likable. I came to love Luther. Although few people in the club are aware of it at the time, this man, Luther Thomas, is an absolute legend. There's a famous poster of a jazz family tree that you'll see on the wall at any music school. It illustrates how jazz music spread out and progressed through generations and subgenres. Luther Thomas is in the far left corner on the free funk branch that grows extending from George Clinton and Ray Anderson. But at this point, Christiania isn't on the international jazz radar. To me, I look at it like, I, damn, you know, Denmark got a wall around it, and maybe even a roof on top of it. Because uh, you know, it's one of the few places I've ever been with people like, yeah, Luther who? You know, I mean, you know, I've been recording, you know, for over 25 years, you know. It's something of a coincidence that brings Luther Thomas to Denmark. He's on tour with the great American no-wave funk band, James White and the Blacks, later James Chance and the Contortions, and comes through Copenhagen in 1998. Joe Raines, an old friend from New York, is already living in Christiania and invites him out to see the magical place he calls home. Joe's a jazz drummer who's been active since the 60s. I'm from uh, an American guy from Baltimore. Been here in Christiania a long time. Christiania is a place right after Luther's heart. Open minds and good vibrations. When he first came, he, he was overweight. He was big and fat, but he was... After he stayed here, he started losing the weight and uh, he started playing different. It made his life better to be here. 
The fact that Luther's old friend lives there definitely plays into his decision to stay. He got away from some negative stuff that he was doing in New York. Put it, is that a good way to put it? Right? He got a, he got a better life. People usually know me when I go somewhere, you know, but here it's a different situation. I love it though, you know, it's almost like it's taking me back in time, a time that I missed. You know, the period before that, after the war, all of that, the bebop, all of that, but it's alive and well right here in Denmark. They got the best musicians on earth. The scene is here, believe me. What Luther Thomas is saying about Denmark in this interview is pretty interesting. One thing is that he realizes that his name doesn't resonate in the Danish jazz community just yet. And another thing is that the scene has a tendency to get stuck in jazz standards from the 50s. The environment needs a swift kick in the butt, and Luther Thomas is just the man to do that. When I think back to the sound he brought into the jazz club, I couldn't tell you what note, but I'll try. <laughs> Luther Thomas is the one who raises the level of musicianship in the jazz club, and his uncompromising drive is necessary to making people understand that we aren't just chilling and playing for fun. I once played Body and Soul with him. He played like seven or eight octaves above high C. Completely insane. Screeching like a whistle through the whole tune. Luther becomes both a mainstay and the face of Christiania's jazz club. He's a constant presence and you can't help but notice him. He brought in something international, something real, and he could really pull something special out of a rhythm section. I actually became quite a good player, even though I couldn't quite keep up with him. But I tried. In addition to being an incredible musician, Luther is a sensational entertainer and loves to work the crowd. People have begun showing up in droves to witness the wild nights at the small jazz club in Christiania. And Luther Thomas is there for every moment of it in his stage uniform. A baseball jersey and Stetson hat spinning stratospheric gold from his alto saxophone. Luther shows listeners and fellow musicians how to get unstuck from some of the cliches of straight ahead jazz, how to burn through and dissolve preconceptions while still keeping an eye on the form and arriving at the theme right on time and completely unscathed. And he shows how presenting a wild and howlingly funny stage performance one moment and courageously pouring out his heart and soul through an old Broadway tune the next aren't mutually exclusive. He effortlessly transitions from extreme to extreme with mind-bending fluidity, inspiring audiences, as well as a whole generation of musicians who are there to see and hear a true master at work. He first is the 
virkelig fart på. Altså. We really had some momentum in those early years. We were the new place in town, and the young people from the rhythmic conservatory just down the road had their eyes and ears opened and the minds blown at the club. They really went for it and let loose. Christen Oskud was young. Jakob Dinesen, Kasper Tranberg and Mads Hyne were in their 20s and loved coming here. And it was right on the corner of Pusher Street, so you could smoke a spliff whenever you wanted to. Luther's musical and social embrace is felt far and wide. He records with artists from all backgrounds and walks of life. And he combines sounds from the funk, hip-hop, bebop and free jazz traditions while creating something unique and never before heard. He forges connections throughout the Danish jazz community during his time in Denmark and the jazz club in Christiania. The devastating news of his sudden passing after a bout with stomach cancer takes everyone by surprise on a warm late summer day in September of 2009. His family comes to Copenhagen from America to bring him home to his final resting place. But before he makes the final voyage across the Atlantic, Christiania, along with half of Copenhagen's jazz scene, needs to say goodbye in style. Luther Thomas's funeral was one of the most beautiful things I've experienced in my life. People standing around his coffin, improvising, and really playing their hearts out. The lake by Christiania was full of flowers, and after the ceremony there was a massive parade back to Christiania, followed by a huge party and jam session in his honor. But something else is happening at the same time. The jazz club in Christiania, once undeniably at the forefront of a golden creative moment in Danish jazz, just isn't quite the same. More than 10 years of volunteer work have started to take a toll on the two remaining founding fathers, Jess and René. For René especially, the end of his time at the club is in sight. I had spent my whole life on this, and I wanted to survive, but there were so many who died. Luther wasn't the only one. He died of cancer. Jens Bloch's house blew up with him inside of it. Maria fell into the canal and many more. A lot of tragic accidents involving drinking and people falling off their bicycles. You better believe I fell too. I fell sgu selv en dag også. Jeg lagde mærke til mit mærkelige grin der. Det er ikke så sjovt igen. Notice my weird laugh. It's not so funny now. Men altså, pengene er jo slipper også op en dag. Så jeg kunne ikke... And the money ran out, so I couldn't keep partying either. 
All of that put together, it seemed like a good time to move on. René steps back from the jazz club and hands things over to Yes. And Pascal, the club's bartender, piano tuner and saxophone oracle. Yes and Pascal assemble a new young and enthusiastic team to continue the legacy of the club. Now, more than a decade after its heyday, the children's theater and jazz club in Christiania is still and once again filled with activity pulling in new audiences from its expansion into a comedy club and hip-hop venue. But every Wednesday and Friday, jazz is still on the program. You can still find Pascal standing in the bar with Yes when they're not sneaking up on stage. And Jens Block and Luther Thomas have been immortalized in paintings and photographs that hang on the walls. You can still hear their music and laughter in the small storied room in Christiania which for a period served as the creative headquarters and experimental laboratory for the boldest risk-takers in Danish jazz. Now let's go on a little trip together, from Christiania to the meatpacking district in Copenhagen's neighborhood of Vesterbro. It's a totally normal day in Copenhagen. It's a Thursday, and um, it's actually one of the first spring days. This is where the final chapter of our story takes place, at a venue and concert series that I helped create, known as the Monday Club, which really became a total supernova of energy. Every Monday for seven years we opened the door to a place that was designed to be totally devoid of traditional rules and conventions. A place where the music and spirit were completely free. This will be the last stop on our journey through the story of Danish jazz and dangerous sounds. It's a perfect setting because the Monday Club speaks volumes about the state of music just a short time ago and where it's headed in the future. But uh, I'm gonna unlock this huge lock here and try to open the door into this place. Okay, let's go in. So. This is uh, basically an old slaughterhouse uh, where there's uh, some uh, little uh, canals in the floor where the blood from the pigs could run out. One, two, three, go! And uh, later it got, the, the drunker everybody got, and uh, in the end it just turned into a big... Uh, 
huge party where everyone was just uh, crawling around on each other, sweating and uh, singing and talking about free jazz. And that's good. That's good. Yeah, baby. You could say that the Monday Club came into existence by chance. In October 2014, I played four Mondays in a row with the Mikkel Mark Trio in the old slaughterhouse which I'm walking around in now. There has been uh, incredible concerts here. Sonny Murray once came up while I was playing with my band and took over the drums and played. Uh, when the last concert was over, the owner asked me who was going to play the following Monday. I had no idea, but quickly made a plan. And just like that, the Monday Club was born. My booking policy was very simple. I said yes to anyone who asked to play. We could change the whole system. And we're going to... Do I hear an amen? Amen! Do I hear an amen voiced in a triad, minor triad? One, two, one, two, one, two, three. Our new club is situated in the meatpacking district, which is a very special part of Copenhagen. It's an area where all kinds of people are constantly on the move. Handymen, tourists, drunks, hipsters with overgroomed facial hair sipping organic wines, and girls with fancy fur coats. And then there are the people who are really on the street. Homeless, addicts, and beggars. Between the restaurants and cafes, there's also one of the largest legal drug consumption centers in the world. I really enjoy meeting all these different kinds of people. In many ways, it's reminiscent of the atmosphere in Christiania, as you just heard about. First things first. We have zero, absolutely no financial support. Everything is funded and sustained by goodwill, sweat and ticket sales. You have to imagine an environment of complete rustique informality. There's no luxurious backstage with fruit baskets and gin and tonics. This is Klaus Boye truly a living legend on the Danish jazz scene and a frequent guest at the Monday Club. Klaus is 80 years old today, but his age in no way holds him back from playing his drums like a hurricane at the Monday Club. Please uh, give a warm welcome to Klaus Boyer on the drums. <laughs> You're aware that you've come to a place not focused on traditional comfort, but a place focused on the here and now, the music on stage. By now you understand the foundation and ideals that the Monday Club is built on. Now I want to take you inside. It's 7 p.m. and the first person you meet when you walk in 
Is Ram, the club's regular bartender and doorman. Jeg hedder Ram Cornelis William Alfredsson. Just before the Monday Club started up, I was depressed. I drank too much and took drugs. I worked at a cafe and hated my boss. And then one day, I just decided not to come. Fuck it all. Fuck it all. But at the Monday Club, something else happens for Ram. The atmosphere and the people who come in there change him. There were pretty low expectations of who you were in a good way. I liked that. I can be pretty hard to get along with. But I wasn't like that at the Monday Club. In a way, I liked the whole soul of the Monday Club. The music was completely new to me. I've never heard anything like it. Organic. And most of all, right now, in the moment. At the Monday Club, absolutely anything can happen. Music in all shapes, sizes, forms, and colors imaginable. Poetry readings by the house poet, the thin, tall tea boy. Even cleansing rituals have been performed there. I remember improvisational artist and healer, Tanya Schlender, sitting on the floor and screaming through her life. It was magical and wild. The first time I come to the Monday Club, my youngest child has just stopped being dependent on me as a mother at night. I had heard about the club and needed to see it with my own eyes. And it was love at first sight. I had forgotten that I was an artist because I had become a mother. And then I got down there in that environment, which alleviated my need for noise, chaos, and bending and breaking the rules. It was like I was resurrected as a musician, reborn. It was intense. It could be someone who examines their instrument in strange ways. And then it could be something that just blows your mind. You always came out of there either hungrier than ever or completely full creatively. That music was always true, but at the same time, it was never the same twice. Every Monday was an overload of creative activity and presentations. We had six bands each Monday. A big band that would come to be known as the Monday Band would kick things off and might be followed by a solo performance by someone. It could be anyone and anything. And after that, we might have a trio of improvisers that could very well be with Klaus Boyer behind the drums, who you just met. Det er en scene, 
At the Monday Club, performers sit at eye level with the audience, and as a drummer, the front rows of the audience were basically on my lap. I was often placed right next to the stove. In the wintertime, I was completely overcooked on one side and totally frozen on the other. There used to be a huge um, stove here, wooden stove, and um, when it got cold in the winter, we would just, I would just fill it up with wood because I didn't want. I thought like people at least shouldn't be cold. Uh, and then one day, uh, one of the bartenders came up and was like, "Stop putting wood in the stove! The whole thing's gonna explode. We're gonna kill everybody. We'll have a terrible accident with jazz musicians running out in flames, and you know, it'd be a terrible tragedy." So we had to cool down the stove. Det var et værksted, et eksperimenterende værksted, eksperimenterende både. Imagine a place that's really a workshop, an experimental workshop, a place that primarily focused on exploring avant-garde music, music as an art form. And now it is really great to uh, present to you here at the Monday Club, our great artist in residence who's been uh, rocking the house every Monday night with different constellations. Things were explored from all imaginable angles. Each month, there would be an artist in residence who would curate their own headlining concert series. Close to a hundred Danish musicians had a residency throughout the life of the Monday Club. Jeg hedder Søren Kjærgaard. Jeg er pianist. Og så... One such Monday Club artist in residence is Søren Kærgaard. In addition to being my cousin and longtime bandmate, Søren is a brilliant pianist with an impressive number of beautiful and celebrated recordings to his name. His residency was a great example of how someone could use the Monday Club to explore and break new musical ground. At that time I was doing a research project where I was working on playing solo piano, working with multi-layeredness in playing solo. Together with a programmer I developed a video sampling instrument. We created an instrument that could trick video and audio at the same time, like video of me playing the piano. So now I press a given key and then we get the sound of me playing the piano. And on the screen we see me playing the piano. It was absolutely wild to try in front of an audience. That was the period of my research project that I developed the most and moved the furthest. I can thank the Monday Club for that. I have no idea where I could do that kind of thing today. Every night at the Monday Club has its own place in my memory. I still experience flashes of musical moments that elevated performers and listeners out of the small, modest room and into a distant, undiscovered place. A place that opened new doors, contributing to new musical insights, 
perspectives and revelations. If you were there from the beginning of a Monday evening at the club, you could hear five or six concerts, each one offering wildly different experiences. Between the concerts, people gathered strength for the next act while mingling and discussing what they'd just seen and heard as new faces arrived and the next act set up. Der er det her engelske udtryk, uh, anticipation. There was real anticipation around what was going to happen. New thrilling projects and constellations of musicians that no one had ever tried or heard before. What's it going to look like tonight? And at the same time, it was pretty unpretentious in that we didn't necessarily have high expectations. Whatever was going to happen would happen. Fordi vi har ikke hørt det før. Der findes ikke. De har ikke spillet sammen på nogle plader. De har ikke spillet sammen. Out of the blue, at one in the morning, something completely unexpected and magical would unfold. Det var interessant her. Det var, at der kunne være en en spænding. It was everything and everyone, from the very youngest to the oldest generations, the most well-established and the total newcomers. The value of meeting each other and hearing each other people who have never talked to each other because they each move in their subgenre environment in the music environment but now stood on the stage together and that was exactly what was special about the monday club it blurred and then disregarded lines that had been drawn on the outside and fused together a lot of different subgenres into one common environment The last night of the Monday Club was March 9th, 2020. Finally ended at sunrise the next morning. There was singing and dancing and incredible wild euphoria with an energy and presence that's difficult to describe. Over the years of the Monday Club's existence, I heard pretty much all of my musical colleagues play in different constellations. But I could feel that the Monday Club had done what it was created to do And not too long after knowing it was coming to an end, I sent out an email announcing that it would be closing and why. So we're going to go out and we're going to lock all these doors again. The large sliding door is pulled shut and the padlock is put in place. The sun rises in the east, extending its warmth to roofs around the city. Sounds of morning routines mingle in a sonic stew of activity. Like a big band conducted by the sun, entrances are carefully staggered, slowly building into a raucous, full-blown fortissimo of people and machines starting their days. As Valdemar Eiberg, Denmark's first jazz saxophone, sent the first sour notes from his horn into the ears of terrified listeners, the local train's brakes send metallic screams into the morning air at Copenhagen Central Station. Valdemar Eiberg didn't slow down. He led. He led his band in front of the sweaty, alcohol-numbed crowds as they danced in Copenhagen's first nightclubs. 
a centrifuge of a newly discovered escapist parallel world. Louis Armstrong led the way back in 1933 when he got off the train at the same station and played three sold-out concerts for an open-minded audience in Tivoli. New, dangerous sounds spread like wildfire from the underground to the bourgeoisie. Nazis tried to stifle the spirit of Leo the Lion Matheson with stink bombs at his concerts. But he just narrowed his eyes, bit down on his cigar, and played through it. And the rest of the band followed. In the right hands, jazz beat the Nazis. Jorn Elnif, the Danish virtuoso drummer, played himself into history with his huge persona and impassioned accompaniment. But his lifestyle took a toll. Big beers and drugs half killed him. Now he watches from above with his old friends, Oscar Pettiford, Brew Moore, Niels Henning, and the other stars who have helped guide us through revolutions of sound. In anger, John Chikai smashed 40 glasses along with his saxophone and flute in the cafeteria at the Danish radio headquarters. If you're not ready to smash your instrument for music, you're not really committed. And if you're not committed, why play at all? In the world of dangerous sounds, he went on an expedition returned home and played the sound of a newly discovered terrain. Jimi Hendrix screamed in chorus with the tsunami of love and risks of the 60s. And Jesper Zuthin howled in blue sun, bringing Montmartre to its knees. In the KB Hall, right before Jimi Hendrix, the very same blue sun let the audience have it with every ounce of their being. Everything in the chaos unites into a singularity and then disappears. The sizzling sea of reverb and feedback from the amps has since turned to silence. Who will play the next dangerous sound? When Polly Mickelborg and Eric Mosholm's Aura project took shape in 1985, Miles Davis did. Lotta Anker plays on, continuing towards a constantly moving target that only she can only sense way down at the end of the line, just out of eye and earshot. But she continues to explore, guiding with sounds shimmering from the bell of her saxophone.
at the Children's Theater in Christiana and in the depths of the rehearsal space known as The Hole in Vestibro, hash hangs heavy in the air, accompanying musical experiments and the new sound imported directly from the source in Boston. Once around the park and when Granny sleeps showed us. Paul Motion looks at AC through half-tinted glasses and asks if he wants to join the band. A tidal wave of creative opportunity floods across the Danish scene. Ali Wallace, Jeppe Zeberg, and Jakob Anderskov have each flown towards their own star system, reimagining tones of the past, blowing them up, and inventing new worlds of sound and structure. From Iberg's first honks on the saxophone to the final iridescent sets at the Monday Club and further out into the unknown, a musical family tree of historic proportions and importance grows, its branches spreading into distant tonal galaxies. Now, there's silence in the space where the Monday Club used to be. The last embers have cooled in the wood stove that saw and heard it for so many years in a row, and the drums and horns that used to live there have long since been packed away. Who plays the next note? And with that, we've reached the conclusion of Dangerous Sounds, 100 years of Danish jazz history. These stories could be told again with a new cast of characters, a testament to the huge population of strong and influential jazz musicians on the Danish jazz scene. There are far more than we had room for in this podcast series. I've chosen to tell you about some of the key players and pivotal moments that I find essential to the stories and development of the music. But these are far from the only critical characters and historical seismic shifts that have shaped Danish jazz throughout a century of existence. Jazz music is dangerous. It comes at a price, sometimes costing far more than anyone imagines. And in all kinds of currencies, it demands the determination to take chances and the perseverance to maintain. It's music that's often been met with resistance from the outside world because it communicates harsh truths, sometimes in ferocious cacophony. But jazz is also healing, it's uplifting and enriching. Jazz can inspire us and our fellow human beings to get more out of the short time we have here on this planet. One thing I've learned, both by studying the essence of jazz and being active as a jazz musician for over 25 years, is that the past, future and present of jazz is not linear. Rather, it's closer to being four-dimensional in that it's Different areas and expressions are all equal. Leo Matisen, Jørn Elmuth, Lotte Anker and Jeppe Seberg are not opposites, 
and in no way outdate or outdo each other. They each continue to contribute to a refinement of the music they love, adding new facets and perspectives. In the section on Jørn Elnif, he's asked what jazz is, and won't really answer. I think I'll give it a shot. So dear listeners, here is my definition of jazz. <clears throat> jazz is everything and anything that isn't something else. This definition posits the question, what is jazz? Right back to the asker. And begs to know why asking it is necessary in the first place. If you use the term jazz and demand a definition of it, that proves that there is something that is and is called jazz, and thus something that is not. So if you want to ask me what jazz is, you must first show me something that's definitely not jazz. Otherwise, why not just call everything music? This has been the eighth and final episode of Dangerous Sounds. Behind the scenes, we have Anna Taulow, Celine Klint, Emil Rothstein Christensen, Mikkel Bøgeskov Andersen, Rune Sparer Gertsen, Tobias Ingemann, Mikkel Rønnau, and Ned Furman. A huge thank you to the Center for Danish Jazz History in Aalborg, the Danish Radio Archives, Sue Edwards, Josh Jackson, Eva Frost, and many thanks to Joan as Policewoman for lending her voice to our program. Eternal appreciation and thanks to the many people who have been interviewed and contributed background material to the series, allowing us to tell their stories. Last but not least, infinite respect and thanks to all the musicians who keep jazz alive and dangerous. My name is Christen Oskud. Dangerous Sounds is produced by Mono Mono and distributed by WRTI Philadelphia. Creston Osgood is the host with narrator Joan as Policewoman. Special thanks to Eva Frost at Jazz Denmark, project manager Sue Edwards, 
and Josh Jackson from WRTI. Learn more about our mission to champion music as a vital cultural resource. Visit WRTI.org.